Peace, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Bottle Hoops Podcast. My name is Fernando Cardenas, aka International XB. I am your host. This is episode number 26. We have an amazing guest today with us. Our guest is a professional basketball player and he has an amazing resume. He got drafted six overall into the NBA. Uh, he played, he, he won a, a championship in the Euro League and was, you know, Final Four MVP. Um, he got, he has a bachelor's degree from Baylor University. He is an art collector and a book club organizer for Epe's Book Club. He's from Oklahoma and he's now living in Japan where he's still playing professional basketball. It's an honor to have him on the show, Epe Yudo. Epe, welcome to the Vado Hoops podcast, my brother. How you doing? Man, I'm good, man. Appreciate you having me, man. How, how you feeling? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, and I'm excited to have you on the show, man. I appreciate you taking the time, man, for real, because I know, you know, you got a lot going on, and, you know, you're still hooping and all that, so I know how it is, but, um, yeah. yeah I had to take the time for this one. No I had doubt. to take the time for this one. No doubt. Good looking, man. So, listen, let's get right into it, man. I want to ask you a little bit about, you know, first and foremost, growing up and everything. How did you uh, fall in love with the game of basketball and just, you know, how you become a hooper? Yes, sir. Well, um, man, my name is Epidemic Friday Udo. You know, for the listeners who may not who may not know me, um, born and raised in Edmond, Oklahoma. Parents, uh, I'm Nigerian. Parents came over in the 80s. And I think that's where it all began. Cause you know, if they wouldn't have came over, who knows, mm-hmm. you know, where me, myself, and my siblings would be. Um, so I, I picked up a ball at age five. Um, and it was just like the neighborhood sport. Um, growing up in a neighborhood called Meadow Lakes in Edmond, Oklahoma. Wow. Um, that's what we did. It was like our little community. And um, we had a couple of young boys, but mostly we had to play against the older guys. You know, if you wanted to get on the court, right, you had right. to work on your game so you could compete. Because if not, they're going to, you know, tell you to sit on the sidelines. That's it. Nobody wants that. Um, and that's really how it all began. Um, and then just, just just rolled with it. You know, I had some families look out for me um, and, and sponsor me, you know, because at, at that time, my parents couldn't. Um, you know, couldn't afford all of the traveling that we had to do for the summer traveling. Okay. Um, that's, that's why I'm here today. Dope. So how was, how was, talk to me a little bit about, um, how was high school basketball down there and, and the whole process of getting, you know, recruited and going to, uh, uh, you, you first, you went to university of Michigan, right? And then you ended yes, up sir. at Baylor and you talked to me a little bit about that, that process. So that process was, was, um, it was fun. It, it, it was fun because I, I was, um, I wasn't talked about as much, mm. um, you know, in the AAU circuit. Um, I didn't play for the, the homegrown team okay. um, that was sponsored by Nike at the time. I went to a team in Texas that was Reebok, um, Texas Blue Chips. So um, I guess I, I got my first letter, maybe my freshman year of high school. Okay. I don't know from where, but I, that's when I started to, you know, make some noise. Nice. Um, long, lengthy blocking shots, running around, you know, with the energy. Okay. So that was cool. And then, um, you know, just through the summer summer um, circuits, was able to attend like ABCD camp, 
Um, that that helped me get on the map some more. No doubt. Um, and the funny thing, well, not really funny, but you know, prom is such a big deal, right? In high mm. school, yeah. Because I didn't have my ACT score where I needed it to be, I didn't even go to prom. Yeah. My senior year, so I was um. I went and played as if I was going to prep school. So I was playing in the, in the summer circuit, okay. but then somehow this, not somehow I worked my ass off to get this, okay. <laughs> to get this score. And I got a 20 and the night of prom, somehow I came back to the city and that same night I, um, I called, um, I think I called coach Jackson or coach Amaker and told them I would like to attend the uh, university of Michigan. Um, and for me, like I probably had three or four schools that were on me and that was on my list, that okay. final list. But I, I wanted to get away from home. I, I wanted something different. You know, Oklahoma's a little slower, um, but I just wanted something different. And you know, it worked out well. No doubt. The, the hoop scene in Oklahoma. You know, of course, not too many people just respect Oklahoma when it comes to ball, but. The group I grew up with, man, we made a lot of noise. Mm. Uh, I, I played with this, the same group, starting five at the high school I went to. We were together okay. since middle school. Nice. So uh, we, we did a lot of damage on the road. Nice, nice. What what year did you get to Michigan? What year did you get to University of Michigan? I got to Michigan um, 2006, summer okay. school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So summer, you know what? You know what's funny? You and I were real close by, man, because... I played college ball for a small NAIA school named named Concordia University Ann Arbor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, wild. Yeah. Full circle. Ain't yeah, it? yeah. I played for Concordia University Ann Arbor, man. So I got there in in 04. Yeah, and I played all four years over there. Wow. Yeah, That's crazy. <laughs> you know what's wild? I, you like favor one of my teammates. Where? What from from Did back you, in the day? Yeah. Yeah, from Michigan, Jared Smith. Oh yeah, I think yeah, I think I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout yeah, out yeah, Jared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. True, man. How do you like? How do you like Ann Arbor? Man, listen, I um, I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't my first choice. <laughs> I got out of, I got out of, but it was nice. It was cool, man. It ended up being real nice. I, I made some real good, good friends over there has some good connection to this day, you know what I'm saying, and a good relationship. Right. But, you know, I um, I got out of high school. I went to a, to a prep school in Jersey, and then I really um, didn't get too many looks, really good looks that I wanted to. So I ended up going to a, to a JUCO, and I went all the way down to Florida looking for the heat, man. I was trying to get away from the cold. <laughs> I was trying to get away from the cold, man. And, you know, th things didn't really work out the way I wanted to. So then, you know what I'm saying, through some of my old high school coaches and all that, I ended up, you know, uh, getting a look from Concordia University. And, you know, it, I, I went up there. and uh, But it ended up being dope, man. It ended up being That's dope. good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I couldn't get away from the cold, but I still had right. a good time. <laughs> <laughs> that part didn't work out. That's oh, cool. But, yeah, okay, okay. So listen, so 2010, you get drafted, I think, six overall, right? Six yes, overall. sir. Man, listen, that's 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 big time right there. Six overall, that's no joke, man. Out of Baylor, yeah. right? You get drafted yes. out of Baylor. And then from then, I think you played, what, a couple years? And then you end up going to, to Europe and then coming back, right? Talk to me a little bit about that process, man, because I know it's that's not easy, man. Keep 
you know, going from one place to another and, you know, moving from another to another country, coming back. Right. Talk to me a little and bit it, about that process. And then, um, and then, you know, I know you ended up winning a championship in the Euro League, which is big time out in Turkey, right? You were playing for Turkey. So yeah, go ahead. Talk to me a little bit about that. So yeah, so it was like a little bit of foreshadowing because in um in college I transferred school. So I had to pick up pretty much go to a whole new environment, ended up at Baylor University. And there, there you know, I had to sit out a year because back then, yep. you know, you, you had, had to, to yep. yeah. Um did my work, came back that following year. We had a hell of a run, made it to the uh, Elite Eight. And um, some of them some of those guys are my brothers to this day. Um and then from there went to went to the league. Um suffered an injury and mm-hmm. uh right after I got drafted. So that put me out about six months. And I think I made my debut in January ish of that season, of the 2010, 2000, 2011 uh NBA season. What team um, were you with? What team were you with? I drafted by the Golden State Warriors. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so so, that was, so you were still with the Warriors, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Warriors to the Bucks, then to the Clippers, and then after the Clippers is when I um, I went overseas mm-hmm. and joined Fenerbahce, and that you know that was my first real taste, I guess, of of um, European ball because I did go over to Israel during the the uh, I think it was the 2011 or 2012 lockout. Okay, I yeah. went to Israel for like for like a week, but um, Fener was like my first real experience. Um, of the European basketball and being coached by um, Coach Obradovich, which was a, a totally different experience from what <laughs> what yeah. I was used to, but it was the best thing for me. Um, nice. Had a great two years there. Uh, went to the championship twice, lost one, won the other. Um, got the MVP, then, right? Got the MVP of the Final yes, Four, and it was the thirtieth. It was my thirtieth birthday that weekend. Uh, so I had, had my family and friends in, in town uh, and it was just a big celebration because the final four was in Istanbul. Uh-huh. Right. And that season we were like, we were up and down when like we had, we had some health issues and we were just banged up throughout the season, but we knew um, once we got healthy at any point in time of the season, nobody could, you know, no, nobody could really mess with us. And mm-hmm. that's what happened when we finished I think we were fifth seed. Had to go on the road the first round of the playoffs, you know, won three games straight, then final four, won those two games. Um, right. Yeah, that was a that was a great time, man. Um, but I just felt like I had I had done it all mm. to a certain extent in, in Europe, um, and I decided to go back to the NBA. And I went back um, with the Jazz, a mm-hmm. great organization. Uh, I was led by Quinn Snyder. Um, learned a lot. Um, you know, wasn't able to do what I thought I could on the court. Okay. Um, you know, c- comes with the territory. Um, mm. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's been a hell of a run. Now I'm in uh, Kyoto, Japan. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. You're 13. Man, that's crazy, man. Um, let me go back real quick. What do you, was there a time where where uh, like the the NBA wanted you, but you you had um you made the choice to stay in Europe. Um no, I mean because no, really. not really because after my first year it wasn't really there. Okay, you know the interest wasn't there. Um, uh-huh. but then after that second year, after yeah. that run we had, and you know the way I played, uh huh, 
especially towards the end of the season into right. the playoffs and you know winning that championship. Yeah. championship that's when it was like everything. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's just give it a go again. No doubt, no doubt. And um you know, I hear, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the game. How do you how do you see what how do you see the difference and uh and similarities between the game in the NBA and Europe? Like you hear a lot of talk like Luka Doncic saying like the game is easy in the league and you know things mm -hmm. like that. So how how would you compare it? You know what I mean? I, that's, it's tough. You can't just say it's easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, um you know cuz Luka he 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 has the ball in his hand, you know, the whole All game. All the time. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. So and, and But I, I mean, I get what he's saying because he's coming from the perspective of you can play a zone in, in uh, overseas. Like, yeah. there's no three no seconds to court. So there's the maybe less, a lot less spacing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely spacing, mm -hmm. um, yeah. for sure. Um, but God, I mean, I just, you can't just say it's just, just easy. <laughs> right. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's tough. I mean, I, I understand. Um, but not everybody will have the ball in their hands like the Lucas, the you know the top guys in no the NBA, no and you know Luca's a one in a lifetime exactly. type of you know player. Yeah, you know? Yeah. No doubt, yeah, yeah. So like you were saying, now you're you're in Japan, man. Uh, Ooh, man, how, peace. how's that, man? How's oh, that? Peaceful, Listen, man. I, I always I always wonder. Like I've never been to Asia, but I wonder like how how is it out there? Like you know the culture, not just as far as hooping, but just like everything living out there. Right. The uh, I mean, it's uh, man, it's so peaceful, man. Yeah. It's especially coming from the states. You know, I'm talking to my people, man. And I'm like, it's almost traumatic mm. how peaceful it is in comparison to what like the way the media is playing with people's emotions and things that are happening in the States it almost feels like it's daily or weekly. Right. Um, you just don't, you don't have those things happening in Japan mm -hmm. or you don't see it. I don't feel it. Of course, my experience is different. I mean, I hope right. I'm 16, you know, but at the same time, I just feel a, a certain level of peace. Um, the food, amazing, fresh, okay. you know, uh, I love food, so I'm eating good. <laughs> that's that's for sure. Um, the like I'm I'm starting to try to incorporate the minimalistic lifestyle. Okay. Um, and then um, that's interesting. You know, got, yeah. How'd you, how'd you get into that, man? That's interesting. Just paying attention. Okay. Like I've been, I mean, but this round ball has taken me all over the world. So you know, I've, I've tried to take something from every country, mm. um, and that is what sticks out to me. Mm. You know, you, don't, you just don't get caught up in the worldly things, the materials and, and yeah. things of that nature. You know, yeah. especially, you don't really need it. Exactly. You know, and you, you think you yeah, like, yeah. They, they show it, it's all on the screen, but you don't need that. You know, we, we end up buying so much shit that we never need, man, that we don't right. even. <laughs> so right. It makes a lot of sense, man. Yeah, I've definitely, uh, I feel you on that, man. Um, so what about, you know, basketball wise, how is, is the season the same as what, what, what's, what's the season look like? How many games, when is, when does it end um, over in Japan? So it, it's, it's pretty much like overseas. Okay. It, it can go from October to the end of May, beginning of June. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but it's different here. Okay. They, they like the back-to-backs on the weekends. Damn. Saturday and Sunday. You yeah. play two games right away. Back-to-back. <laughs> They are like two o'clock in the afternoon, um, and like then some tournament. weeks you'll, yeah. <laughs> like 
<laughs> you just play the tournament up. every weekend. <laughs> Yo, good game, fam. All right, check up. Let's go again. Um, and then you may have a game during the week on Wednesday. And then, like, that could go, like, three three weeks in a row. So, it's, like, just game after game, though. You can't really practice. You just got to be ready for the games. Um, but it's cool. I mean, I, I guess more talent is starting to come to Japan. Mm-hmm. So, the uh, intensity of the games are getting better. Um, you know, the fans, they, they love the game of basketball. So, it's yeah. been fun to see that, for sure. Nice, nice. Do you get a limit of, of uh, uh, American players, like, like in Europe? Oh, like yeah. here in Europe? Uh, yeah. Yes and no. I guess they try to keep three. I, I don't, I'm not okay. too familiar. I'm still trying to figure it out. But yeah. mostly teams have like three imports. Okay. Um, two can play on this on, at on the court at the same time all game long. And one has to rotate or come in through another game. Uh, rotate. You just sub in, sub okay. in and out. That's funny. So they direct that. Like you can't be three three uh foreign players at the on no. the court at the same time. That's funny. No, sir. But then a lot of teams here have like um, guys who get naturalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe, you know, yeah. maybe from the States and then that gives them the upper hand. You of know? course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Nice, man. So let me ask you this question, man. How how do you see yourself retiring? When, how many, how much, man, how much listen, you got left in the tank, man? Listen, that's been on my mind for the last couple of years, man. Because after this injury I had, last year year mm-hmm. yeah last year to my patella attendant like when i fell i'm like dang this is how it's gonna end mm. you know like god this this is what we doing yeah i feel you um so that has been on my mind i don't i don't know what it looks like you know i i don't know i know it's coming i and i i've put myself in position where i i'm solid um, and then, like you know, life is about relationships and networking. I, you know, I've 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 done well in those in those areas, but it's like it's all all I've known. It's all like you've been playing basketball your whole life. Like you, you almost become a master of it, yeah. right? So yeah. then now it's like, who? What's next? Yeah. Like I I don't know if I can. You know, I'm 35 and mastery in another lane you know that is it let's say it's not basketball you know mm-hmm. it's gonna take time you mm-hmm. know yeah of course man. No, doubt. no doubt but what's interesting with, with with us man ball players is that by the time we get done hooping we still have more than half or usually we have more than half of our lives man in front of us sure. you know what i mean uh-huh. so so it's a beautiful thing that's a blessing too you know to do more things maybe related to basketball or not you know what i'm saying like you said right but um right. Yeah, it's dope, all part man. of the journey. Exactly, all part exactly. of the journey. A lot know? of a lot of positive things to look forward to, man. Yes, so, sir. So yeah, man. So let's get into your your uh your book club, man. Epe's book yeah. club. That's that's <laughs> dope, man. It's club. interesting. T- tell me a little yeah. bit about about that. When when did you start that? Why and um what is it all about, man? No, man. Epe's book club started. I don't. Two thousand and thirteen, I believe, when I was in Milwaukee. And it was like something different. I wasn't the reading kid coming up, uh, you know, even though parents pushed that, you know, we were, me and my siblings, me and my sisters, we'd be in the library with my pops, like just anything, education, we in there. Uh-huh. Um, and it was just something I just like was never really about. Right. So like, I get to Milwaukee and I'm like, man, let's, let's find a different way to interact with fans, something unique, mm-hmm. something different. 
And then it was just like, dang, let's do a book club. I was like, bet, let's mm-hmm. let let's get it. Um, and then and it's been rocking. Like Lloyd Pierce, Coach Lloyd Pierce, he's an assistant with um the Pacers now. Okay. He recommended this book. And that was the first book of the of the book club. It's um The Last Lecture okay. by Robert Posh. Um and it just it just from there we've been growing. Nice. Um, not necessarily in numbers. Cause it's not something that I'm like really out here, like join the book club, promote and marketing. It's just something I do for fun. Um, and we'll be 12 years, 12 years in, Uh and we do a book probably once a month, once or twice a month, um, depending on the page length. Um, we try to discuss once a week. Okay. Um, usually we read about 125 to 150 pages a week. And we get on we get on Twitter where it's all um that's where we do our discussions. That's where you do discussion. Okay, yeah, yeah. The hashtag and uh, we get to it. Probably compensate for like a an hour or so. Mm-hmm. Um and then like I have had events as well where we've done screenings for a book that's turned into a movie. Mm-hmm. Um and then like when I was in Utah, we did like author talks. Mm-hmm where I would invite an author of the book, like we just read and they would come to, you know, Salt Lake city and we would have a conversation in front of the book club members who was in the community. And that was pretty dope. I think I did like maybe five authors. Nice. Uh, and nice. We were having really good conversation. I think my favorite was Kiese Ramon who wrote the, um, the memoir heavy, okay. really good book. And there uh, was a really, really rich conversation that we had. Um, just on life, you know, life and, right. and his upbringing and such. Mm. That's dope, man. That's dope. Let me ask you this question, man, because, you know, I always say, you know, these days, a lot of times, man, a lot of a lot of us have gotten away from reading, man, unfortunately, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Especially when it comes to books, you know what I'm saying? Like people will read like short things, you know what I mean? Short articles or they'll maybe usually they All won't right. even do that. They'll watch a clip of something. You know what I'm saying? They'll watch a clip of something on you on um Instagram or YouTube and then they think they know something. You know what I'm saying? Right. So what do you think? How how important is it for us, man? I think I always think, especially, you know, us people of African descent and African people, to to stay connected to books, man, to get to get our knowledge from books. Man, this is the toughest time to be a kid, man. Cause the social media is Social media and gaming is on is is on you. Yeah. You know, even if you don't have a phone or you don't yeah. have that, once you get to school, everybody has it. You just go society, fall in line. man. People around you, yeah, yeah, your boys. Your this is... And, and then I see, I see, is. I see young kids socializing through their phone. Like when they go home, they don't go outside to play. They just be in their room, they on their phone, and they can't. And and you you may find it hard to talk to some of these to, to some of these youngsters because mm-hmm. they just don't they don't they don't verbalize they just yeah. text or whatnot or they streaming on the game talking crazy um but i think it's very important to like find find some space find that moment to to be able to read especially like you said as, as africans um mm-hmm. so much of our history has been hidden yeah um, especially public schools and anywhere is not going to tell you the real history yeah. right so that's something you're gonna have to get find um on your own time exactly. um, so just so you can understand that you know what has happened in the past 
and be prepared for when it, it comes back again because yeah. everything repeats itself, you know? Yeah, no doubt. No so doubt. so it's, it's definitely important to find some time to find that space. Mm-hmm. So, you you know, whatever it is that you may like to read, you know, um, just read. Mm-hmm. I think that'll, that, that'll take you a long way for sure. For sure, man. I agree, man. And, you know, like you said, schools, man, for those of for those of you listeners out there that are parents also that's something that i feel like we have to do as parents is you know also let our children know about that what you said like in schools it's not necessarily true everything that they're going to learn in school you know there's a lot of things that they're going to be misled a lot because you know they're molded to to fit to society and not necessarily understand and overstand their own history and who they are within this society and all of that so I think it's 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 a job we have to do also as parents. Like I'm a parent, you know, and I, I you know I let my son know about you know certain figures. I let my son know about you know Emil Cabral, and I let my son know about Marcus Garvey, and I let him know about you know the 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 Afro Cuban uh, the Afro Cuban led rebellions, you know, because these are things that are important for him, but that he's not gonna get in school. He's never gonna get in school, right. you know. So um, yeah, I just feel like it's it's some it's a work that you know we have to do. And uh, and it's key, man. It's key. It's key, man. Every day, it's it's an everyday job. I don't have any kids yet, um, but I but I definitely feel you because just being around the youngsters in in different communities, um, they just need to be able to see themselves in some of these, in some of our ancestors, mm-hmm. you know, who who have passed on, um, and with that, you know, gain, you know, that that pride. Mm, yeah. in um, love for themselves. Yeah. Tell me about that. How do you, when do you, when or how did you get, you know, uh that political education? When did you get quote unquote conscious? I I didn't get uh I didn't get that until I got to Turkey for real. Right. Okay. Everything was just hoops. Mm. Growing up, it was hoops, um music. That's it. And being a kid, you feel me? Going out, whatever. Um, But then once I left the States, like it was the first time I was really outside of America. And it was like, dang, I'm going to need something to do. I'm going to need some hobbies, right? Right, right, And then one of my my good friends came over to Istanbul with me. And then he was like putting on YouTube lectures, right? Um, like Farrakhan, he was Doctor Boris Watkins, then uh, Black Panthers with Huey Newton, wow. Asada. Um, you just keep going down the list, right? And then I started to pay attention to like the Black or the African melanated that experience across the world, mm-hmm. and like it, you know, it was the same, you know. Um, exactly. Wherever you go, you know. Yeah. You will have that. Now we all have our. When I say the same, I guess in the treatment from that perspective, right? We all have our own. You know, we all have our own experiences. For sure. Like I've said sure. that, like my experiences will be different from the the next um, African who is walking around, right? For sure. For sure. Uh, because I entertain. I put this ball in the hoop, and you know, that's my blessing. Um, but once I started to see the treatment, and I really started to to, to really get into the historical um, books and getting conscious, as you may say, or learning the real history, mm-hmm. learning the truths. Um, and then from there, it's just, it's been having stopped nonstop education. Like I say, it's, every, it's an everyday battle. No doubt, no you doubt. know, you can't, you can't read every day about 
certain things because you're going to get worked up, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Like you it's said, man, out. like it was also for me, like, you know, a lot of traveling and, you know, I've had the opportunity of, um, living in, you know, different countries as well. And, you know, I, I also recognize pretty fast that, you know, that anti-African sentiment or like, you know, it's, it may be shown in different ways, you know what I'm saying? But it's there, it's very present, you know, everywhere right. you go, whether it's, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Afro-Cuban and, uh, you know, in the Caribbean and Caribbean and South America, that anti-African is very, it's very present. You know, and they usually cover it up with the whole Latino, um, you know, what I'm mm. saying identity and all of this. You know, what I'm saying, so right. we're, we're we're brothers want to be Latinos and get away from their African identity when we know damn well we're straight descendants of of the motherland. You know what I mean? And um, and you know, here in France, it's a little bit different because there's a lot more of brothers and sisters from the motherland that came directly from the motherland. You know, and some of some of my brothers, some of my best friends have. Th their parents were born and raised in Africa. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's a little bit different, but you also feel the same in certain ways. You, you see things that, you know, you can see how colonialism affected the motherland differently than the diaspora, but at the end of the day, it still affected it in, in certain aspects right. more, in certain aspects, I feel like even more and in certain aspects, a little bit less, but we, we, at the end of the day, we kind of, you know, see the, see very strong similarities and mm -hmm. so yeah and so like you said it's important for us to you know to educate ourselves and to keep growing you know what i'm saying keep growing keep growing that is key mm -hmm. that that is key and you got to embrace it man you can't you can't run from it that's right you know you right. got to embrace it walk with your chest out while you know and, and keep pushing keep pushing and then get somebody else pull somebody else you know get mm -hmm. another kid give them the game yeah. You know, yeah. uh, if we just continue to do that, you know, we'll build our little communities, villages mm -hmm. all over the world. Yeah, that's what it's about, man. Because unfortunately, like you said, some brothers and sisters want to act like like it's not around. And they think just by ignoring things, you know, you know what I mean? They think by ignoring by ignoring reality, right. things are going to, you know, things are going to get, quote unquote, better or things are going to, you know what I'm saying? And that's really not uh, the way, you know, some people don't want to learn. Uh, from the past or they don't want to acknowledge the mm. truth man but okay. well, I believe I, I, I do believe that majority of these people they know but it, it's not popular or it's not, yeah. not in their best interest exactly. you know true, true. and also yeah. it's difficult man let's be honest right you know it's difficult to face reality certain things like when people are like nah I can't you know what I'm saying once you go through you know you you have a nine to five or maybe you even have two jobs and you you know what I'm saying and then now you got to come home and, you know, really face reality. People would just escape, you know, watch the idiot box, you know, the TV mm -hmm. and just relax and just forget about, about, you know, how things are really going. And then they'll just put up with the shit, put up with the right. aggression, put up with the, you know what I'm saying? And kind of ignore it because the truth is, you know, it's difficult, man. But, you know, I feel like personally, I have to look at myself in the mirror at the end of the day. And there are certain things that I have to, you know, face. In order to be at peace, you know what I'm saying. In order to be at peace. Um, all right, man, cool. Well, let's let's come around. Let's let's get back to basketball a little bit, man. Before we wrap things up, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about you know playing for the Nigerian national team, man. You know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I know that must be big time. 
a lot of pride. One of my best friends over here in France, man, is from the uh, Central Republic of Africa, and he played for their national team for like 10 years. So, um, so actually, for all the listeners, check out episode number three of the Bottle Hoops podcast. He's on there, and he talks a little bit about that. But um, he talks about how, you know, he, could, he couldn't compare. He didn't play in the NBA or anything, but he couldn't compare it to playing anywhere else, you know, playing big-time college ball, playing pro overseas. is no, no comparison to playing for his national team. Um, you know what I mean? So you got a chance to play for for Nigeria, but you were born in the States and everything. So right. the experience is, is a little bit different. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that, man, and and the experience. Man, I, it was um, it was a great experience um, to be able to represent the country, um, the country my parents, you know, born and, and, and raised. Mm-hmm. Um and I know that I put a smile on their face when I was, you know, was able to walk out during the um, opening ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it for me, it started with the world. What do they call it? The World Championships or the World World Cup that was held in China. Okay. Um, a few years back, um, that's when I first got with the Nigerian national team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we were able to clinch uh, an Olympic bid mm-hmm. there while in China. And then, you know, um, we had a change of coach. Mike Brown came in, had a whole training camp. Um, people had to make, you had to make the team again. Uh, mm. I was, I was, excuse me, I was one of the ones who was able to make the team. And, and um, you know, we, we had a great preparation. Uh, once we got to the Olympics, things didn't go, um, things didn't go our way. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> Things didn't go our way, um, okay. but we were really looking forward to um, representing the country, um, mm-hmm. you know, in Tokyo. Okay. Okay. Did did everything go smooth as far as, because I know sometimes, you know, a lot of my people that play for their for they home country, you know, it's not always, they're not always on the same page as far as, you know, right. up top, you know, management and all that. And then, you know, the, yeah, the athletic. It's different. I mean, I think that's across. Unfortunately, it's across the motherland. Um, but colonialism, yeah, you know, has yeah. plays a large part of that, right? Exactly. You know, you yeah. just watch. You watch the World Cup for the football, um, and you see the the players on the European team that that we all know if they play for the homeland, it'd be a totally different look. You know, for sure trophies medals that'll be going to the motherland but unfortunately you know they did what they did they destabilized the land um and you know some of the players are you know they go elsewhere um yeah yeah. yeah, but if we could ever figure that part out man it would be um it it would be special that would be a beautiful thing that would be that would truly be a beautiful thing and you know like you said there's a lot to figure out but Getting your nationality, I don't think is one of them. That that part would be pretty, pretty, <laughs> yeah, no. pretty smooth. That part shouldn't be right. too easy, you know. Even yeah. for those, even for those of us who don't know what country we're we're from in Africa, because of you know everything, um, I still think it's it, it would be pretty pretty easy to go home and get a nationality to play for the motherland, man. So we need to figure yeah. out the other part. We need to figure out yeah. the other part. Yeah. No doubt, man. Um, let me ask you about this, man. The the Basketball Africa League, you know, which started mm-hmm. a, a couple years ago. It's a great basketball league, uh, which is kind of takes place all over the continents. What do you think about the ball? How how is it affecting or how can it affect our brothers and sisters on the continents? 
the positive, you know, positive and negative aspects of it, man. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a good league. I think it's a dope concept. It's a dope idea. Um, and with the right intentions, it can definitely grow um, to be something special on the continent. Um, I mean, it's, I think it's a partnership between FIBA and, exactly. and NBA. And the NBA. Um, and they are, you know, this is the third season. I think they're about to begin in the next couple of, in the next couple of weeks. And that's right. Last year, they they it, it was a um, really good turnout. Championship game was was great. Um, this year, they had the combine. You know, Coach Snyder came. He just mm. um, he's in the running for the highest job. So it, it yeah, was. I think the combine was here in France. Actually, it was in Paris. I believe yeah. they had a little yeah, combine. So, yeah, mean, yeah. That, so that's dope. Just for the exposure, yeah. you know, it, it's um, it, it's bringing a new element to the continent now. Unfortunately, like it, it's ran by the NBA as well. So, you know, of course it's new. So it's mm. year three. So it has a lot of room to grow. But with the NBA tag on it, if we're looking at, let's say, overseas teams. Yeah. Because um, now I know they have a, um evaluation type program where they'll bring a younger player up. Yeah. To play for one of the 12 teams. Right. Mm. So in, in Europe, let's say this kid goes and has a great whatever showing and wants to go to the next level or somewhere involved in the NBA, you would have to pay a, like a buyout fee. Right. Um, and I don't think that's there. If that's present in okay. with the, with, with the BALE, um, because then that gives back to these programs or to these countries. Um, and I think that that would be the next level. All as right. well. That'll be nice. You know, if we're going to do it, let's do it. No doubt. We have the resources. Let's, let's build, um, you know, it doesn't have to be state of the art arenas, but we can build smaller arenas yeah. um, within on all these different countries, um, get the infrastructure set up and really go after it. Um, because, like I said, the resources are there in the country. Um, and, and also, like, we got to still keep it African. No doubt. No doubt. That's important. That's you know, important because, you, can't, you know, you can't just since it's the NBA, I mean, respect to the NBA and what, what they've been able to do. But at the same time, this is the continent. So we got to we got to keep it as the continent, you know, yeah, no doubt. Um, it, ha it has to bring value to the hoopers in Africa, but also to the people, you know, it right, has to bring value sure. to the people in general, I think, you know, um, you know, they, everybody always says sports brings everybody together. So. I mean, using this, this platform, they can definitely bring more people together and, and speak to issues that may be going on in these in these different countries. Um, right now, with the BAL, it's, it's like real short. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's a real quick lead. But why not? Let's make it longer. If right, we don't right. do it, like I said, let's let's do it. I did and a full season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's see what, 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 where we can take it. Because, you know... These countries are that the fans are ready for it, ready to embrace that, you know. For sure. For sure. Yeah, they love basketball in the motherland, man. And for you sure. know, I see a lot of great, great uh basketball legends, you know, supporting it, like you know, uh Joaquim Noah, Lowell Dang, you know, some real good brothers who are behind it. So, you know, hopefully that's gonna help out too. And, you know, uh make it grow, but in a positive way, like we said, because you know. Um, I always I always think about, you know, the, the alternative of being independent, you know, which I think is would be would be uh, great, you know, for it to be, you know, 
owned, you know, independent, separate from the NBA and just, you know, just 100% African, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I know there's difficulties with that too. And they might miss some, some of the exposure that, you know, the NBA brings, et cetera, you know. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully it can take off. Um, You know, hopefully it can take off and it'll be able to cultivate um, an environment of development. You know, sure. for the ones who really want to hoop men and women um and if their goal is to go to the nba or wnba or europe then that's fine if their goal is to stay on the continent and play that's an option as well yeah no doubt i think i think i heard the commissioner speak um the brother was saying that their goal is actually to be the second best league after the nba i think that that's that's their goal over there yeah i mean yeah that's nice <laughs> That's nice and all. Um, you know, they I, I don't think they understand where they at. You know, it, that's a great goal. Um, and that's going to take time. Uh-huh. But you know, right now it's you know, the NBA, then it's the Euro League. And yeah, Euro League that, sure. that's just where it is. I mean, it it, it is great to have that. Uh-huh. But if we can if the league can um develop some of the young um, kids on the continent into stars, then that definitely will have a chance for it. For sure, for sure. What would you, what would you say comes after the Euro League, like NBA Euro League? Would you put Australia, China? Like, what do you, um, what do you think would be the, the NBA, third best league? NBA Euro League, then like the Euro Cup, uh-huh. and then um, I would say, I mean, I'm in Japan. The way the league is structured, it's very organized. Um, uh-huh. Japan could be up there. Australia, like you said, yeah. is up there. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be like that because I mean, Australia, they they really, they really have a bump over there. Yeah, no um, doubt. And that season isn't as long as well. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that. I think- so let me so let me ask you, man. What what's your take on on, on world affairs? You know, we got we got the war in Ukraine still going. Uh, that's every day. You know, we got issues all around the world. You know, mm-hmm. issues in Africa that's not being talked about. Okay. Uh, you know, the states is the states. America going to be America. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what, yeah. what's your take on some of these matters? Well, you know, man, there <clears throat> there's a lot going on, like you said, you know. <clears throat> there's a lot going on. And I think... um there's a lot of propaganda, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of people are misled, you know, and uh, it's not necessarily their fault. We've been fed lies for years and years, you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of unlearning to do. There's a lot of unlearning to do. Uh, but me personally, man, I have, I have a Pan-Africanist perspective, man, you know, you know, I believe, you know, uh, we need, we need a strong and united Africa, man. I don't believe that, you know, just fighting each each one of us fighting our own fight separate, you know, and just are fighting our own fight separate and just focusing on and being nationalists in our own countries. I don't believe that's the way we can make real progress and really break from from chains of oppression. I believe we do need to focus locally, but we need to have a global perspective. You know what I'm saying? As as African people or people of African descent. Because if we don't have a global perspective, you know, our enemies have a global perspective. You know what I'm saying? So they're stronger that way and they can control, you know, if we if we 
us individually will never be able to have power. You know what I'm saying? Individually won't be able to have power because we're just not strong enough. So yeah, individuals may, may, may strive, you know what I'm saying? One brother here individually, one brother there individually. That's great. But we, we won't truly get away from oppression. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's important for us to educate ourselves and, uh, and see things globally. You know what I'm saying? See what's going on. See the similarities in our struggles. You know, understand, you know, we can understand the differences, but there's, there are always things that tie in. You know what I'm saying? Because I believe, you know, as African people, um, our, our enemies are one. You know what I'm saying? And neocolonialism right now is something that's not talked about. That's, that's the center of the problem, I believe. You know what I'm saying? So, so we need to fight for independence, real independence. You know what I'm saying? Really us being able to control the means of, of everything we do, means of productions, but also us being able to control our educations, our, our health system, our, all these things, um, wherever we are in the planet. But I think it starts in the motherland because with a strong Africa, you know, with a strong united Africa, then Africans all over the world will be respected. Until we, if we, if we don't have a strong united Africa, then you know, I don't, I don't see it getting better than the in the diaspora. So I believe, like I said, like you know, individually we do have to work locally, but we also have to work in conjunction with our brothers and sisters uh, in the diaspora and mainly in the motherland as well. And yeah, there's a lot going on, man. Lots of issues, you know, and it's a lot. <laughs> right. Yes, sir. What do you think, man? Ooh, I'm grateful to be in Japan and have some peace. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but it's every every morning I wake up, I try to catch up with the world and what's what's going on. Um, and you know the way the media is set up, they're gonna blast the, the worst of it and and really put it on front street. Um, and it's I mean it's it's a scary time like any I mean not the scariest times if you look at it in the past. We, we've really, you know, we've had some times, but um, with the way, with the way the world is moving and the way social media has people hooked um, and the way AI is starting to, to really stand out, uh, it, it's getting spooky yeah. because with yeah. AI, there's, you know, less jobs. And then yeah. what happens when, you know, folks can't find a job, do you know, does that, does that bring in anarchy, mm. you know, or controlled chaos to a certain extent? Um, mm. yeah. That the, the 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 world is changing, you know. Um, if you're looking at the birth rates in a lot of countries that are declining, yeah. um, I know right now Japan is going through it, China is going through it, you know, in the states they're doing everything they can. Um, to alleviate that and do whatever to make folks have babies yeah. um so i mean it's 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 a, it's a it's a strange time but you know we've seen it before uh, and it's just gonna take you know take people gotta sit back and then like really um survey the land survey what is what has happened and and look through a critical lens a critical thinking lens and then move accordingly. Yeah. Oh, I hear you, man. The whole, the population thing is, is, is something. And like, you know, I feel like they've been telling us we were overpopulated for a long time. Right. 
But the way right. I see it is just that, you know, you know, populations are concentrated in the same areas because there's more opportunity in these areas. So then you see big time cities, you know, with buildings on top of buildings, you know, and people living in small boxes, you know, in projects and, and you know, huge buildings. Whereas in, in these same countries, there are cities that are, you know, wide open, but people can't really move out there because they have no opportunities to, to, to work, to, to live. So everybody's concentrated in the same areas. You know right. what I mean? So, so that's another thing, you know, uh, wealth accumulation and wealth accumulation in the same places. You know, and that's that's a that's a huge problem that we have now. You know, these corporations, a handful of of corporations, having all the money, all the means of everything, and so you know, yeah, wealth accumulation, man. That's one of our main problems, I think, globally right now. Um, and, and for the states, like you're starting to see these big like BlackRock um, buying up rental homes. And that isn't, you know, in essence, raising the rents and mm. putting a strain, you know, more of a strain on people. Yeah, um, and it's just making it worse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, <laughs> you know, capitalism is all about greed and, the, like you said, the accumulation of wealth. So they're going to keep doing Absolutely. it. Until, you know, anarchy or something. Yeah, 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 man. It's, uh, it's it's crazy times we're we're living in like like you said I think we're kind of like in a transition time where you know things are really changing but we don't necessarily realize it unless we're we really digging kind of you know digging deep and understanding what's going on but you know it's these times let me ask you about about that shirt man I like that shirt you wearing man yeah man for, for those for those who are for those who are um listening and not watching Epe has a shirt says I am my ancestors. And I really like that shirt, man. Well, yeah, shout out, um, shout out, Miss Karen Hunter, uh -huh. um, and and her site uh, narrative. Uh -huh. Um, and this this is just one of her dope sayings, and um, you know, I copied it from her site and been rocking it ever since. You know, the narrative, definitely a, a dope platform. Um, uh -huh. where folks from all over the world from the from the culture come and they learn. I mean, she has a setup to where um, there's lessons, there's um, lectures, mm -hmm. um, different parts of life, um, from food to history, technology, hunting, you know, and it's, it's really a dope uh, platform and, and, and what she has, she has built and continuing to build with her team. Nice, nice, man. Did you, did you see recently the, um, the Angela Davis interview? Where they where they where they broke where they broke down to her that her ancestors were straight colonizers. I was uh man, I I didn't want to watch it. I I saw I saw the clip. But I was like I saw it, and then when he said that, I was like, man, what what am, what are we doing? What are we doing here? He, he was hype. <laughs> he was happy. He I don't. Played. What it are was, we doing? He was hype about it, man. I didn't get it. He was like, yeah. So did you ever in your wildest dream ever believe you you were a part of? <laughs> and, you know, and yeah. like, you hear that and it's just like, okay, and now what? You, yeah. You've seen my work, you see, you know. Yeah. I'm totally, totally opposite of that. But Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, the way, the way I see it, man, because it's interesting because, you know, you know, Myself, I'm mixed as well, you know what I mean? So, you know, obviously we have, you know, white ancestors. So, but the way we view our ancestors from an Afrocentric perspective, 
you know what I'm saying? We pay homage to our ancestors. Our ancestors is a big deal. So the way I see it, man, just because we have the same DNA, don't make you my ancestor. I'm not going to look at you as my ancestor. You understand what I'm saying? It's kind of like family. We say, you know, we're family. We, But just because we're, relate, we're related, don't make us family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have some of my best friends that are more family, you know what I'm saying, than people who actually are related to me. But we're not really family because we don't, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like how I see the thing. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? The people who the people who raped and and and, and murdered and mutilated my 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 ancestors, those are just the rapists and mutilators. They're not my ancestors, man. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's interesting, but the way the way I don't think Angela Davis was ready for that one. She was kind of like Yeah, it was like it was like he was trying to do like a gotcha moment or something. It yeah. just was, was cringy and yeah i couldn't watch the rest of it i let it i, I let it go yeah man <laughs> um epe before we go man um let me ask you about this man because you know the the nba roster spots man are extremely limited you know making it to the nba is like you know something something special right so you're one of those one of those players who were able to make it to the league man you know, for the youth and for the, the players who are still working, coming up, you know, trying to make it to the league, uh, a little piece of advice you would give them and what would you say are some important things to to, to stay focused on, man? Man, keep working. Um, keep working and don't don't look to the left and don't look to the right. Don't try to compare yourself um, to somebody who may be, you know, doing this or doing that. You know, run your race. Mm -hmm. um, put that work in because the game is global. Somebody is working when you sleep in and vice versa. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I think um, for the youth is to be in the best shape they can be at all times. Mm -hmm. So they can play the whole game. If like, let's say you're a point guard, you can pick up full the whole guy, the whole game. You know, if you can do that and turn a guy and make him play against the shot clock, man, you're really gonna turn heads. Mm -hmm. um, you know, get in the gym, play against older guys, and then don't be afraid to ask them, you know, what, what you can work on and then go work on it. Uh, don't get uh, don't get caught up, especially in the States. Don't get caught up in the whole AAU because it's, it, it's getting kind of out of control mm -hmm. with any games is, and such. Um, just make sure you're getting the, your development time in. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and mm -hmm. just stay locked in, man. And have a good circle of friends, man, that, that are pushing. Y'all are all pushing each other, you know, to that next level. Whatever that next level is. Because no basketball may not be that. You know, somebody mm -hmm. may want to be um, like an engineer. Make sure you're pushing, pushing that person just to stay on track and, sure. and vice versa. No doubt, no doubt. Appreciate that, man. And, and watch the game. And don't watch it. You know, you can watch it as a fan from time to time. But watch the game and learn. Get something. Pick up the plays that these guys are running. Watch the different leagues around the world and right. see how they're playing the game. Watch the the players in the past uh, and see what they did in order to get to the to that level. You know, yeah. everybody has a story, and you can learn from from every single person. No doubt, I agree, man. I think that's very important, man, to be a student of the game. You know, what I'm saying to be a student of the game. If you want to be great at something. You got to have knowledge on it. You got to understand, you know, know, know the players from the past, know what's going on around the world, like you said, because the game is global more than ever. And, you know, um, yeah, I agree with that. You know, another thing I would add also is that, you know, sleep, man. Sleep is extremely important. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Real talk. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of these kids today, you know, when it's time to sleep, they're playing a game or they're on their phone. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so then they're not getting the adequate sleep. You know what I'm saying? And that's that that's key, man, because your recovery, you, you the way you build, and that could that can make a big difference, man, as as the type of player that you are. If you're not getting your sleep in, you know what I'm saying? There's going to be little consequences. You know what I'm saying? And so you, you want to give yourself the best chance. Like you said, you got to be in top shape and you got to be ready to go, man, at all times. Because when they call your name, you never know when they're going to call your name. You got to be ready to show up, man. So, yes, sir. And be be confident in your work. Mm -hmm. Be a self-starter. Like every coach ain't going to rock with you. Sure. But when you get your opportunity, know that you are whoever you are. And, and go put that work in and let them, you know, deal with that afterwards. No doubt, man. All right, man. So we about coming to to the end of the of the show, man. I appreciate you, man. Um, a couple couple last things. Uh, I like to do this thing here called I recommend. You know what I'm saying? Which is about you know recommending a book. We spoke a little bit about the importance of that earlier. Right. So I like I like to you know do that every show, and um. For you, I imagine it's going to be hard to just recommend one because you're a big time reader. <laughs> Man, but you know, with the so book you, we read pretty much novels, a lot of novels. Okay, so. okay, okay. I'll well, be, you know, I'll any, be all over the world. any book, all, any, all over the place. any book that you feel could be helpful, you know, empowering to to our people, you know, and our listeners here. So, just go ahead, man. I always tell people the Alchemist, it's because okay. you know deals with the journey. You know, listen, man, the Alchemist. Listen, man, that's. That's big time because you know what? It's it's the third time someone on this show recommends The Alchemist. So that's really? a beautiful thing. Yeah, there third time. And it's the only uh, book, it's the only book that's been recommended more than once and it's been recommended three times. So oh yeah, no, that's yeah. a good one. And then I, I would probably say um The Dead Are Arising by Les Payne and his daughter. Um, but it's on um a different perspective of Malcolm X um of his life so that's another really good read nice really good read yeah appreciate that man appreciate that definitely i'm gonna have like always we're gonna have those down in the description for everybody to check out these books man um i want to recommend this book i recently got claim no easy victories by amilcar cabral okay right here this one is yes, a, a, this is a french version it's in french but claim no easy victories uh, Amilcar Cabral. This is a great one, and um, it's actually a short read, so you can. It's not too complicated. It's real straight to the point, and so I definitely mm -hmm. recommend this one uh, to all the listeners. Check this one out, Amilcar Cabral. So that's dope, man. Listen, like I said, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Before you go, please tell the listeners a little bit. You know how they can check out what you got going on with the book club or anything else you got going oh, on. Yeah. Maybe maybe your yeah. website, your Twitter, Instagram, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And so they can follow you. And then if you have any last words for the Vado Hoops listeners, man, we appreciate you. Oh man. I'm, my name is uh, pretty much on all of my um, social media. Um, Instagram. I have like a cartoon face of myself and that's what's on the book club. It's the logo for the book club. Um, oh, that's me. That's me. Um, I don't post as much on like my actual Instagram page. I do like stories. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the thing nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's me. IG, Twitter, Facebook, um, LinkedIn as well. 
Um, and you know, for me, I just say keep pushing, keep mm-hmm. fighting the good fight, no keep bringing people along. You know, um, don't leave nobody behind. Just be a good human being um, and look after one another. For sure, Eric we appreciate you, man. Thank you for blessing the Vital Hoops podcast, man. And um, a lot of positive things for you, man. And, and you know, the rest of your professional career and whatever you got going on after that, man. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's, yeah. it's like I see the light of the tunnel. So it's going to be fun. For sure. Yes, my brother. Appreciate you, man. Much love and respect. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Peace. Peace. All right, all right. Much respect. And thank you to Epe Udo for being on episode 26 of the Vital Hoops podcast. And much respect to all of you, the listeners, for keeping this one alive. You know what I mean? For following the show. Please continue to like, share, subscribe, and continue to support the show. Um, We are on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please go check out vitalhoops.net. Our website is now up. Uh, We're going to have a lot of interesting things coming on the website real soon but you can check it out right now it's bottlehoops.net and uh we're gonna keep doing this for the people and for the culture bottle hoops we out peace